today. First round of the QBE shootout is underway at Tiburon Golf Club, Naples, Florida. 12 teams are teeing it up in this 54-hole event featuring scramble format today. We'll have highlights throughout this very show. This is Golf Today. Damon Hack alongside Rex Hogger. He is a senior writer for Golf Channel. Great to spend another day with you. you know, earlier this week, you know, Ryan and I, we talked about maybe a potential dream team in this event. Mixed event in 2023. Uh, I went with obviously Rory McIlroy be on everybody's team, but also Ann Van Dam. We're going to speak to her in just a little bit. Who would you go with? I like that. I, I did a little bit different. I went with Rory just because for all the reasons you pointed out. Like, you'd love to have him just as a personality on the golf course. But I went with Lydia Coe simply because, well, twofold. Really. Okay. One, I think their games would mesh very, very well. Rory, we know what he can do off the tee box with that driver of his. And then you look at Lydia's short game and her iron play. It would just be fun in this format to watch them. And then personality-wise, yeah. I mean, having both of them sort of mic'd up and hearing sort of that flow and how creative they are and how engaging, I would just love that. Two fantastic ambassadors for this game. Now, again, just to remind you, QBE Shootout is played over three days. Team event features the scramble format in the first round, modified alternate shot format in round number two and better ball format during the final round on Sunday. Earlier this week, Nellie and Denny, they talked about how their partnership came to be. And on Tuesday, uh, I know her sister Jess pretty well and her husband, Johnny Del Preti. Um, I play a decent amount of golf with them over in the Jupiter area. So um, Jess, Jess connected us um, through text a couple weeks ago. And so we exchanged a few texts and met on Tuesday. And um, Danny was super excited to wear, uh, you know, matching outfits. <laughs> we were coordinating. She, she sent me a few J, JL Lindbergh outfits that I that I don't quite have. Um, uh, the the color schemes were, were, were a little different, but yeah, um, <laughs> we tried. We 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 did we did try. There, she has this. Uh, I mean. I don't know what you call it. You called it like a weather forecast. Barney, <laughs> I didn't Barney bring it out, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, we were trying to coordinate some outfits. I don't know if uh, I don't know if my outfits are going to match up to her. She's got some some pretty wild color schemes. We'll see every day. Every day will be a surprise. <laughs> so so it doesn't sound like you've played together. But no. d what do you admire about each other's games of what you've observed? Um, well, I've heard that he's like a magician on the green. So I'm super excited to witness that. Uh, obviously, she's she's a great talent, and I've seen her play on TV quite a few times. She's you know one of the best players in the world um, on the women's side, and um, you know I know she's she's very consistent and keeps it in play in front of her and hits quality iron shots. And she's she's not a slouch on the putting green either. She knows what she's doing, and she might be able to help me out around this place. She's she's played some more rounds than me around here, so um, I'm looking forward to us hitting some quality shots and. Or maybe showing me the way around on these greens. Folks, QBE at Tiburon, where Nelly has also competed in the LPGA season ender, the CME Group Tour Championship, has never finished outside the top 10, including that runner-up back in 2018. Now, this past year, I would say a challenging year for Nelly Corda, began the season with three straight top 20 finishes, then underwent surgery for a blood clot, missed four months before returning the U.S. Women's Open, won the Ladies European Tour event in Spain in August, and of course won the Pelican, defending her title in November. Rex, I consider Nelly Corda a bit of a reticent superstar. She has all of the tools in terms of what you want out of the game, but she's kind of quiet. You know, she doesn't really kind of yell or scream. It's almost like it's all about business 
for her. I like reticent. That, that's where the mm. writer in you comes out. Yeah, I can I see still, it right now. I still now. got it. I still you got still it. got it. I'll give it to you. When you look at her, just looking at statistically, she is a transcendent talent. When mm. you look at what she has done over the course of her career, and she's only 24 years old, but she's been on tour since 2017. And it's hard. It's sometimes easy to sort of overlook how talented she actually is. Statistically, top 10 GIR, top 10 in scoring average, top 20 in putts and GIR. Look at what she did this season. Eight top 10s, including the victory at the Pelican. She has all the tools to be that transcendent player. I think where you run into some sort of reason to be doubtful about her is the way she comes across in public and I have been uh, taken when she's in a press conference that she doesn't feel very comfortable and you and I have had this conversation there are certain players who feel comfortable in front of the mic Rory McIlroy immediately mm. comes to mind and some that do not and I totally understand those who do not but as you pointed out reticence a perfect way to point uh, to point this out I'll go back to that blood clot and her mm. her, her swing coach Jamie Mulligan did an interesting article with Golf Week magazine earlier this year talking about how scary that was when, and how much pain she was in and how concerned they were. It happened at the Players' Championship when she was there. She actually circled back around and said it got overblown. She didn't like the article, and I think it has less to do with the actual facts and more to do with the idea that she just does not like to share personal information about herself. Again, completely understandable, but when you look at sort of the superstars in the game, you look at the Lydia Coes, mm. you look at the Roy McElroys, you have to bring all of it to sort of fill in. We have seen players throughout the history of time that brought those other four areas yeah, and then was a little lacking on the fifth area. And they're great players. They'll go down, they'll go to the World Golf Hall of Fame, right. but they will not be those superstars that we look forward to. Everybody's not going to be Nancy Lopez or Arnold Palmer. Fair. Just not comfortable that way. I remember spending time with them, with Nellie and her family, actually. You know, Jess was there and Sebi Corder, the great tennis player. And Peter Corder, of course, played alongside Nellie at the PNC Championship in Orlando. And Peter, who's a major championship winner, from the tennis world was asked about what are the conversations like at the dinner table among the kids, these incredible athletes. And Peter said, you know, just matter of factly, we don't discuss what we talk about at the dinner table. And there's a secret sauce to, to raising champions, and, and some folks are, are more willing to talk about it. And I guess that Nelly kind of comes from that personality of not wanting to share too much. And I think that probably comes from her father a little bit. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. When you look at it from a professional athlete's point of view, he had a, let's call it a contentious relationship with the press throughout mm. the entirety of his career. So, of course, some of that is going to rub off on his daughters. I think that's perfectly understandable. I'll go back to the Olympics in Tokyo last year when she won and Jessica was there. Even in that moment when there should have been nothing but joy, they were still very, very private. There were things mm. that they did not want to talk about, to your point. I'll compare this to Tiger Woods because I think that's probably a, a better comp in this particular situation. Even last week in the Bahamas when Tiger was asked specifically, he had kind of let it slip. There had been some procedures this year on that right leg. When he was asked specifically how many and what they were, he went straight back into Tiger mode. Yeah. He did not want to reveal. Now, whether that's just him wanting to be private or I I've heard the other side of the conversation saying that he doesn't want to show any sign of weakness. There is something to be said for the competitor. Does not want anyone else to know that, okay, I had to have this surgery. I'm probably going to be out six or seven months. There's that guarded part of you, and I think that's something that, that Tiger sort of adheres to. Probably a little bit of both of those things. A father that doesn't particularly trust the press. Yeah. And sort of the cutting edge of being a competitor, doesn't want to give away any weaknesses. Do we ask too much of our superstars? Yes, mm. absolutely. And, and again, to be fair, when you look at sort of the greatest that ever played the game, Arnold Palmer is a terrible comparison on this because not only was he a great champion that we know, but you and I both know yeah. how, how 
just uh, accommodating he was yeah. with the media. And this was when he was at the top of his game. This wasn't later in his life. Even Jack Nicholas, who, when he was at the top of his game, I've been told by the older golf riders that he could be a little cold and frosty. Yeah. But later, certainly, the way he's engaged the press, I think those are really, really tough examples to live up yeah. to, to be fair to, to Nelly and any, anyone else. I grew up cheering for Magic Johnson. He was smiling and, and gregarious yeah. <laughs> after every game he played. Not everybody has that personality. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome back to Golf Today. Ann Van Dam, one of the longest hitters on the LPGA and LET, on Sunday accomplished another milestone. She completed a 70.3 half Ironman, a 1.2-mile swim, 56-mile bike ride, and a 13.1-mile run. She did the half iron in six hours and eight minutes, just about a week after she finished tied for 10th at the LET season finale in Spain. Truly impressive. But Van Dam had something bigger in mind as she raced for an important cause, Grace Godfrey. Two-year-old Grace is the daughter of LPGA player Jane Park and longtime LPGA Tour caddy Pete Godfrey. In September of 2021, she was hospitalized with seizures and brain swelling. Grace continues to suffer from seizures and undiagnosed epilepsy, and the family continues to pay for many costs not covered by insurance. So Van Dam's initial goal was to raise $5,000 for Grace, and she has well exceeded her target. Awesome accomplishment, and Ann Van Dam joins us now. And how did this idea to help the family come about? Um, yeah, ever since it happened, you know, all the players, everyone was talking like, hey, how can we, how can we help them out? How can we do our part in, in supporting them? Uh, obviously, we all were sending money in the beginning for them to pay for food while they were still in the hospital. And all the girls kind of um, got together. Um, and then uh, Tiff Joe, she started a big fundraiser for them where a lot of people donated. Uh, we had multiple programs running throughout the LPGA uh, that we all got together um, about. And then, yeah, I was thinking by myself, like, what can I do uh, myself to make it um, a little bit more special and do something different? And uh, yeah, I had this race planned uh, for a little bit longer. And then the months leading up to it, I was like, uh, you know, why do I, why do I, you know, not try to raise money 
uh, for them and uh, start a little fundraiser. And uh, yeah, it's been great. It's been great to see so many people uh, donating from all over the world. And um, yeah, happy to uh, to be a small part in um, hopefully their recovery. Well, congratulations, but I, I do want to go to the idea that your day job is very demanding. You have to spend a lot of time practicing, preparing to play in yeah. golf tournaments. How were you able to, to do both of these things, both train for this marathon and do your day job? Yeah, well, I have to say my, my full focus was definitely still on my day job, which is, uh, which is playing golf. Uh, but I love to work out, especially when I'm back home. Um, I love to hop on my road bike and, and do some long rides. So definitely had some good... Um, some good hours on the on the bike already um, and obviously it's easy when I'm on the road to bring my running shoes and um, do some fun some fun runs uh, along the way but yeah definitely the swimming part was tough because I don't really like to swim uh, swim much when I'm in season it kind of messes a little bit with uh, with my feel for my golf swing but luckily I swam until it was about 14 so I had to go kind of back on um, some old routines but yeah overall uh, for how much I trained I think I did pretty well and uh I'm not sure if I'll do it again. Definitely have to train, uh, train a lot more. Um, but yeah, I was happy, happy overall how, uh, how I finished. What was the reaction of Jane and Pete when they found out you were doing this? Yeah, it was funny. I was, I, I talked with Jane about this, and uh, I was almost a little bit nervous to ask them, uh, like, "Hey, are you guys okay with me doing this and uh, trying to raise money?" And uh, yeah, Jane started crying right away. She's like, "I can't believe." For one, you're doing this race, uh, and second, that you want to try to help our family out. And um, yeah, she's just super thankful. Pete as well, obviously. Um, and that goes for, like I said, everyone uh, in our LPJ family. Everyone has uh, come together and uh, try to help them out. So um, yeah, me just being a small, small part of that. But yeah, they they obviously love the idea. They've been super thankful, and um, uh, yeah. Now you mentioned if you do this again, I would be curious. What did you learn this time around that if you do uh, another one of these next year that you might do differently? Well, I would definitely have to uh, train a lot more running. Uh, I felt like on the swim and on the bike, I was pretty, pretty confident. But as soon as I started running after, uh, you know, 90K on the bike, my legs were, were pretty much shut. So uh, to then run a half marathon afterwards was, uh, was pretty tough. And um, yeah, I would definitely have to do some more serious uh, longer run training, which I'm not sure if that's going to help my golf. So that's like a, how, what I said. I, I'm not sure if I'll I'll do one again. I like the more shorter runs. But uh, yeah, if I do it again, I definitely have to take my running a lot more serious. Well, that's the physical part. What did you learn about yourself from a, a mental and emotional standpoint in achieving this? Yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. I was very out of my comfort zone, I have to say. Uh, you know, at the start with the whole setup, coming to a golf tournament nor normally, I'm very comfortable, right? You know where to sign in, where uh, your practice round is going to be, uh, where the first tee is, how to get your scorecard, stuff like that. Here, I had no idea. So I was definitely pretty nervous um, the day before and even in the morning off. Um, but yeah, as soon as I started, it was uh, it was just nice almost not knowing what, what was ahead of you. And I kind of embraced the challenge of, you know, kind of going through this and also doing it for myself, but also for, for someone else. Um, and yeah, like I said, definitely during the run, I had many, many moments where I was like, damn, I'm not sure if I can actually do this and keep going. Um, so to just keep pushing through and keep moving, that was definitely, um, yeah, some mental battles there. Uh, but it was nice to, uh, yeah, to then finally run through that finish line and uh, have it over with. This seems like a very real passion for you. How can people help Grace now? 
Yeah, there, there are obviously multiple ways. Um, you know, I started my fundraising. You can find the link in my Instagram or on my Twitter. Uh, Tiff Joe's uh, fundraiser, you can use hers. Um, you can use, I think, the foundation. They have a foundation for Grace. You can donate directly to that. Um, so, yeah, there, there are multiple ways. Obviously, all my uh, uh, the money I raised is going 100% uh, to them. So that's a, that's a good link to use. And, um, yeah, obviously, you can follow Jane. On her Instagram, she posts a lot of upgrades about Grace and kind of things that they need or uh, progress that they're making. So uh, I would say definitely follow them and um, keep up to date with the uh, progress of Grace. And it's a remarkable achievement and inspiring as well. Thank you for joining us today. Happy holidays, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy holidays. And the folks at home, if you want to learn more about Grace's story, be sure to follow at the Jane Park on Instagram to learn more updates. Golf Today is back after this. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Speaking of the best player, how about Rory McIlroy, the world number one? Back in November, while John Rahm took the trophy in the DP World Tour Championship, Rory finished the year as Europe's top-ranked golfer for the fourth time in the first since 2015. And he finished with a final round 68 to finish fourth to secure the season-long points race on the DP World Tour. And how about the season in review? You know that Masters, how about that finish in that final round 64, you know, won the RBC Canadian Open for the 21st PGA Tour win. A message sent to Greg Norman, by the way. And Tiger Woods last week, you know, he talked about Rory McIlroy's leadership qualities. What Rory has said and done are, are what leaders do. And Rory is the true leader out here on tour. Um, the fact that he's actually able to get um, the things he said out in the, in the public eye and be so clear-minded with it um, and so eloquent with it. Meanwhile, go out there and win golf tournaments on top of that. Uh, people have no idea how hard that is to do, uh, be able to separate those two things. Um, but he's been fantastic. Um, he's a great leader in, in our, our calls we make. Um, and then he's a great leader with all the players out here. Everyone respects him, and that's... Uh, and they respect him because not, not just his ball striking, his driving, but the, the person he is. Golf Central Podcast, Rex Hoggard, Ryan Lavender, Newsmaker Story. Number two is Rory 
McElroy stepping up and, and speaking out. Why is he number two? Kind of surreal, actually. We've been doing these for a long time on GolfChannel.com, and Tiger Woods was number five out of five. So you wow. get an idea of how things sort of flip this year. Usually Tiger's squarely number one <laughs> for a, a litany of reasons. In this particular case, though, I mean, we can imagine what number one is, but on number two, we just heard Tiger talk about it. I mean, for Tiger to defer to another player about anything, yeah. refer to him as a true leader, you get an idea of how important Rory was, at least for the PGA Tour, and what transpired this year, specifically with Liv Goff. I, I'm actually working on a story, sort of looking what happened in Wilmington, Delaware. So you go back to that first playoff event, and Tiger flies up to Wilmington, Delaware. Rory holds the meeting, and we start to learn a little bit more right now. And I've kind of compared it to what happened in 1994 when Greg Norman sort of wanted to do the World Tour concept. And I've talked to players who were in that room. It was Davis Love was in the room, Brad Faxon. I've talked to guys who have, were in the room, and I'm trying to compare how, how was it different with Arnie and Jack versus Tiger mm. and Rory. And they said the biggest difference that they see or they have heard about is the fact that Rory walked into that meeting with an agenda. And Tiger was right there alongside of him. And we, we talked about this yesterday. Tiger's voice still carries very, very far but it was Rory who had the idea, and it's Rory who laid it out for all of these top players. And it's just not that he had a plan and he took it to the players. It's he has a plan and he wants the world to know. You brought up the Canadian Open. He could not wait to get mm. to that mi microphone after winning the Canadian mm. Open because it was his 21st Tour win and he knew who he passed. <laughs> he passed Greg Norman and yeah. he wanted to rub his nose in it because this is how important this is to him. And for a top player to have those sort of – I would say distractions. I don't know what else you could possibly call them. Motivation for him, though. That's that's, that's it. so remarkable. It could have been a distraction. And we've talked about Rory's kind of motivational ebbs and flows throughout his career. We started this program by saying we ask so much of our superstars. I think Rory has found a cause greater and beyond himself. And instead of being burdened by it, he's been inspired by it. I mean, I go back to Eastlake when he started the press conference on Wednesday, and there was a reporter who kind of apologized that I have a live question. And he goes, nope, give it to me all. I want it. Whatever it is you have, give it to me, because he wants to be that spokesperson. Yeah. He wants to be the guy who's out front. And it became very, very personal for him. And you're right. This was an opportunity for him not only to be motivated, because yeah. I, I think when it comes to Roy McIlroy and motivation, we sort of look beyond the idea that golf is really hard yes, yes. sometimes. In this particular case, though, he wanted all of that heat. He wanted all of that shade, and it came. I mean, yeah. it, they, they came after him, and they still come after him. But for him to be the spokesperson, for Tiger Woods to defer to him, it gives you an idea of how important he was. And I even asked Tiger last week in the Bahamas about this. It didn't stop in Wilmington. There have been numerous Zoom calls that Tiger referenced. There was a meeting last week in, in the Bahamas. Rory wasn't there, but he tuned in on Zoom wow. because he is so important to this cause. It's the best case scenario for the PGA Tour. Not just that he won the FedEx Cup and he won the DP World Tour season-long championship, only become the second player that did that, but everything else he meant to. We, mm. we have an award with the Golf Writers Association. It's called the Murray Award, and it's given to a player who's very accommodating to the media. You and I have talked about this before, and Rory's name has come up to be a nominee. He's going to win it, I'm sure. But everyone is, every time I've always brought it up, it's he's too young. He'll get mm. his chance going down the line. I'm going to fight for it this year because I don't think I can think of another player who has been so outspoken, so articulate when it comes to being sort of that lightning rod in golf. Name for the late great Jim Murray, wonderful sports yeah. columnist for the LA Times. And what's so stark is Rory, you know, a year or two ago, the story was the tears at Whistling Straits <laughs> and him chasing Bryson DeChambeau. For distance, that, that's what makes his reemergence in 2022 
so, so special is that it came after some very, very honest lows about how poorly he was playing in Wisconsin and how he didn't have enough faith in his own gifts to just bring what he brought to the table. He had to get an extra couple yards because Bryson DeChambeau was doing his thing. I think in the wake of that, to have found everything and to have it crystallized in the manner that it has is what makes him your number two newsmaker as well. That's a great point. The emotion that he showed in that interview at Whistling Straits after that final, after his final round on Sunday, you got an yeah. idea of what this meant to him. You got an idea of where he felt like his mm. game was. He'd let his team down, and that wasn't good enough for him. Now you fast forward 12-plus months yeah. and look at what he's done on the golf course and off the golf course. I have to imagine we'll continue to hear Roy McIlroy's voice mm. in 2023 as well. Still to come on golf, they're going to introduce you to a man with 50 years of volunteer service at the Travelers Championship, just named as the PGA Tour's Volunteer of the Year. Meet Buddy Buter next. Back on golf today, it's flashback to earlier this year. Xander Shoffley won the Travelers with a three-shot swing on the final hole. Hitting it to three feet for birdie after rookie Scythe Tagala took two shots and got out of that fairway bunker. Ended up making a double bogey in the group ahead. It was Xander's sixth win on the PGA Tour. Now, Charles Buddy Buter was there for Xander's victory, a volunteer celebrating 50 years of service at the Travelers. He was recently surprised as the 2022 PGA Tour Volunteer of the Year with the award. The PGA Tour will donate $10,000 to the Hole in the Wall Gang Camp and a charity of Buddy's choosing. Also called the mayor of the Travelers Championship, he began working as a volunteer in 1972 and the late 80s was asked to become a walking scorer, which he has done ever since. We caught up with Buddy yesterday. And Charles Buddy Buter joins us now. Congratulations, Buddy. What was it like being surprised with this wonderful honor? It was very overwhelming to receive the award as the PGA Tour 2002 Volunteer of the Year. Um, like I said, it was very overwhelming. There's a lot of people all over the country who volunteer at tournaments and our own tournament, a lot of great volunteers. And I'm just very happy to be selected as the um, Volunteer of the Year. It's Like I said, all the volunteers deserve the award. It shouldn't just be for one person. Well, but you did get the award, so I'm not going to let you sort of duck this one. You earned the award. I had a chance to talk with Nathan Groob, who's the tournament director at the Travelers Championship this morning, and he brought up something fascinating about you that I wanted to ask about the idea that you have been actively trying to recruit sort of the next generation of volunteers. Why is that important to you? Well, I think as, like I said, um, as you can tell, I'm an older person. I'm 72, <laughs> turned it on December 1st. We need some new blood to come in and volunteer. A lot of young people nowadays think they're busy and don't have the time to volunteer, but they really need to get out and volunteer, be it the PGA Tour events or some other worthy charity. They need to get out and get involved. And charity is just something all of us should do. It's, it's the right thing to do. Why do you love it so much? 50 years of service, everybody up there, whenever I go to the Travelers, is smiling, having a good time, especially the volunteers. But why do you enjoy interacting with the fans and the players and directing traffic and being a walking scorer? Why do you enjoy that so much? I think it's exciting to be involved with the PGA Tour event. Like you said, um, all the different people you see, you see players over the years 
that maybe you kept score for two or three years ago. The volunteers, we're all like family. Every year when the volunteers come back, we always catch up and say, hey, how's your grandchild doing? I heard your daughter graduate from college. You know, it's a community. Um, the fans are very special. They love it at the Travelers. The players, the Travelers takes good of their families. They see us, they're always smiling. We smile back. It's, it's just, you know, it's a great one week to being out with players, the fans, the volunteers, and it's the right thing to do to help our charities. Buddy, you've been doing this for so long, such a unique perspective, being inside the ropes. I know you must have plenty of stories. Give me your best story of being inside the ropes, walking with these world-class players. Well, one year, um, I guess we, the walking scores were telling too many, too many of the players, nice shot, nice shot. We were instructed on a Sunday to don't say nice shot, nice shot. Just don't, don't show any emotions as you're scoring. So of course, things always happen to me. We're going up to second hole at the TPC River Highlands and one of the players knocks it in two into the cup. So he makes an eagle. The caddies, the other players, they're all congratulating the player, except me. As we're walking towards the green, the player is looking at me and he's smiling. I says, I gotta tell you something. Before we teed off today, we gave instructions to our walking score volunteers to say, don't say nice shot, nice shot, nice shot. But you know what? I gotta tell you, that was a nice shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Buddy, you talked about the charitable aspect of, of volunteering. The donation to the Hole in the Wall gang camp gonna help families and children dealing with illnesses. Why is that cause personally so important to you? Just a second. Um, when my daughter was four years old, she was diagnosed as a diabetic. She was uh, at our Saint, our John Dempsey Farmington Medical Center, Connecticut. On when her roommate for the week was a young girl named Michelle. Michelle was battling cancer, and my daughter used to get shots for her diabetes every day. Michelle would tell my daughter. Becky, that's okay. Don't worry. You'll be okay. So I've always had a very um, regard for these poor young children that are fighting cancer, let alone other serious illnesses and diseases. When it came time to make the donation of a charity of my choice, the first thought was the Paul Newman Hole in the Wall Gang Camp that will benefit many campers during the summer who are battling cancer and other diseases. I'd like to add to it, last night, Andy Bassett, one of our executive VPs at the Travers called me and that said that our chairman, Alan Snitzer, would like to match the $10,000 that we donated and to make it 20,000. And again, I said, it has to go to the hole in the wall gang camp. So. Not only are they getting $10,000 from the PGA Tour, they're getting an additional $10,000 from the Travelers. It doesn't get any better than that.
Damon mentioned it earlier that you walk around the grounds of TPC River Highlands the week of the tournament and everyone is smiling. Can you just talk about how that tournament, the Travelers Championship, is such an important part of the fabric of your community? Yes, I, every year the Travelers Championship is really one week where people from all over the state, let alone from New England, come out to support our tournament. It's an event where people can go out, watch the best players in the world, and at the same time, have a good time with their relatives, friends, and to just to enjoy good golf. But the meantime, and also to enjoy the other activities that take place in the tournament. It's, it's really exciting to be there for that one week. Buddy, you represent the volunteers so well. You're the heart and soul of the travelers. Your spirit is wonderful. Congratulations on this tremendous honor, and thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Have a great, have, Merry Christmas to you and your families. Speaking of buddies, we asked kids in home at the QBE how well they know their partner. The answers might surprise you. Stay tuned. Now, Steve Burkowski caught up with Homa and kids for a little game of Know Your Partner. It's year number two of Team Homa and Kisner. They finished tied for fifth in this event a year ago. Looking to improve on that, but more importantly, the question is how well do they know one another? So we've got five questions for Max and Kev, and uh, we'll see just what they know about each other outside the ropes. All right, we're going to start with favorite major championship venue, Max. What do you think it is for Kevin Kisner? I'm going 30 minutes from uh, his hometown of Aiken, South Carolina, Augusta National. That is ding, 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 one for one. Let's go, Max. <laughs> you guys are off and running. What is his favorite club in his bag? A putter. If it's another answer, I'm going to be pissed. Mike dropping that one, Max. Two for two. They are on a roll. Who is the best follow on Twitter? according to your partner? Um, man. Kirby Smart, to see him on Twitter. Look, I was giving you love. <laughs> I couldn't answer myself. I get, <laughs> I get worn out too hard. <laughs> it was self-serving, but uh, you guys missed it on that one. Big Georgia Bulldog is Kevin Kisner. Who is the college football team that he loves to hate the most? Bama. <laughs> This one might have got personal for me, but <laughs> well, he's a new dog, so he doesn't understand. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, holiday season is upon us. What is Kevin's favorite holiday movie? Um, Home Alone. Let's go! All right, three out of five. That was so. I thought you'd never get that. He's got one. a lot of kids. <laughs> All right, the roles reverse now. We have three out of five in our first session. Let's see what uh, over Kevin... under is. I'm gonna do worse, so I'm, I'm going under. I think this. that's a really safe bet. What is Max's favorite major championship Man, I, venue? I want to say something in California because he's a Cali kid, like Pebble Beach. But I'm gonna stick with Augusta because I mean he's gotta love Augusta, right? Oh, for one, St Andrews. Good spot. Yeah, not bad. His favorite club in this bag. Driver. The seven wood. Start. The seldom seen seven wood <laughs> in the seven bag. Wood. This one you is going. You didn't want us to get any right. It's getting off the rails quickly. Goodness. Who's the best follow on Twitter? He can't. Didn't write himself. I don't know. I thought he put himself. Um, he probably said me. Well, maybe, why do you think college football? Let's maybe go in the college football direction. See him every Saturday. Kirby Smart. I gave you two media, chances. Media member. 
That's a great follow. Yeah. Pat McAfee. You need to get learn something from him, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> the college football team Max loves to hate the most. Uh, UCLA. Come on, I'm a dog. He's an adopted dog. See, that's I'm going now, way too Cali on this. That's now. And I got no four. chance on this one. He just had a kid. He doesn't even watch Christmas movies. Come on, favorite holiday movie. I'm going with The Grinch. Now <laughs> <laughs> we can see, we can see who's a better friend, huh? <laughs> That looked like fun, but now it's time for an edition of Know Your Co-Host, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Are you ready for this? We say, well, we know each other. I don't think we're going to do three out of five. we got to beat that's a That's a high bar right there. That was impressive. Three out of five is tough. All right, here we go. Favorite major venue? I think both of us are going to guess the same. I think so. I'm going to write mine down. You write yours, and I'm going to guess yours first. There's only one. I think you're going to put old course. You're an old soul. I'm going to say you're going to put the old course. Look at that. Right out of the gates. And both. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it up. All right. Here it is. Pretty uh, good. Wait, hang it. Hang it. Oh, no, don't leave yeah, it. Don't, don't leave your co-host hanging. That's there it is. Rule number one. So what's the question number two? Favorite club in the bag. Okay, Rex, uh, I'm going to guess yours first, and you guess mine. I'm going to say yours is the putter. Uh, it is not the putter. It's the 56-degree wedge, which my kids just lost. So I guess I probably couldn't do it. Okay. I'm going to go with putter for you. I played golf with you. I'm thinking putter. I've got newfound confidence oh. with, with the driver, How though. How did we miss I'm, that? I'm averaging 282 off. You didn't know that, too. 282 off the tee. All right, let's do who's the best Twitter follow. I'm going to say your favorite. Uh, I'm going to help you out here. It's a little golf nerdy. I'm going I'm to help you out on that one. Nosferatu. Nosferatu. He, oh! he is the rankings guru. <laughs> I know. You're going to get mad because I gave him oh. a hint, but I, I was good with that. Uh, you, you know mind? what? You don't I mind? actually tried, I tried to cheat on yours, and I looked through who you were following, but you're following 3,500-plus people. It's a problem. It is a problem. So I'm going to go with Eamon Lynch. Figure he's, oh, he's, he was second. Oh, Rex Chapman's Rex good. Rex Chapman, I thought about You were third. Rex Hoggard was third. This is so okay. easy. How about the college football this team? Is, this was so easy you for love you. love to hate. Let's see. You know, you, you're gonna know. You're gonna know mine. I, I think yours is. I think I know your college football. You love to hate. Yours miss. is gonna be. You you hate the Florida Gators. That's my guess. The Florida Gators. Uh, that one's gonna be tough for you. It's not Notre Dame. Just because everyone really? hates. Everyone hates Notre Dame. Yours was so transparent. I didn't even think USC. So easy. That's Trojans, not not the South Carolina school. Okay. Favorite holiday movie? There's only one. Uh, there, uh, well, no. Is there only one? Then now yeah. I'm worried because I, I kind of, I, I may, may have overthought this one. Well, as a yeah. dad now, that's, that's it. That's it. The dad says a dad. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say you, you a wonderful life. I'm, I'm, you're an old soul. I'm going to say a wonderful life for you. Uh, elf, because elf. That's, that's our, that's our mentality. So I, I you want to guess mine? I you're, thought about the young kids who are in the house. I really put some thought into this. Polar Express. I was, I was on the list. The Christmas, Christmas Chronicles, Chronicles. I would have never guessed. It's Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. Good. I mean, Good. yeah. Great having you up here, by the way. Uh, What's so next much fun. for you? What are you doing? PNC? PNC next okay. week. Uh, Tiger Woods, Charlie Woods. You and I talked about it, I think, earlier in the, this week. It's going to be so much fun watching those two compete together. Charlie has grown. It's going to be so impressive to watch.